This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience, episode 62. My interview with Asha Blue, owner and principal of Asha Blue Design. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me. Today I have Asha Blue, owner and principal of Asha Blue Design, an award-winning multidisciplinary creative design firm working in both print and digital spaces. She also teaches graphic design at a number of New York colleges. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And it was interesting, we kind of spoke earlier that we both have similar origins in terms of Eastern Europe, which is kind of a small world. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. My, uh, we came here in the late seventies, so I was young, but, and grew up mainly here, but still that kind of immigrant resiliency and can do attitude that a lot of people from there have. Yeah. It's kind of a different mindset. I think Mm -hmm. when you're coming from a situation that's not as, you know, favorable as it is in the United States, both like politically and Mm -hmm. in terms of the economy. So Yep. And also, you know, a lot of the parents came here for their kids and very family centric environments as well, where they do everything for their children and high expectations, I think, on the children as well. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that leads into my first question. So what is your origin story? What has been the road that has gotten you to the 2019 year? Yes. So origin, like I said, we came here, you know, I was young from uh, Russia, from what is now St. Petersburg. Um, And, you know, I grew up sort of with this mindset that, you know, my parents came here for themselves, but also really for me, for me to succeed and um, in this supportive environment, but also high expectation environment. Uh, Like my parents never set foot in my school while I was in high school as long as I did well. So, you know, the minute there was something not right, which maybe happened once or twice, that's when they were on the phone. But otherwise they, you know, let me do what I needed to do as long as I was focused, did well, surrounded myself with good friends, didn't get into trouble, then I had their support. Um, And, uh, you know, that sort of like carried over to to me as a graphic designer. And I um, worked full time, for a while for various in-house creative departments. Um, I always freelanced on the side. And uh, at one point in my career, I went freelance full time and then mainly worked from home and also started doing some teaching, which was good. I was a little younger then. Um, But then kind of one thing led to another. I wound up going back to full-time work, which was good because I got to learn a lot. You learn things at different offices, different job environments, different industries. But I was jumping from job to job 
And I realized that I kept jumping because I wasn't really truly happy in a full-time office environment. So just this past August, um, I finally took the leap and decided to go back to freelancing full-time and teaching again. Um, but this time I, I made it more official. I formed an LLC and I feel like that put me in a different frame of mind because uh, now I'm representing a company, I have more at stake, uh, and it's been great. Um, networking much more, I've been really busy with a lot of great clients and projects, and also my teaching picked up. Once people know that you're available more on a full-time basis with a freer schedule, you know, they're happy, I feel like they're happy to give you opportunities. So my schedule is all over the place. I really like that every day is different, but it's on my own terms. Yeah, I think it's whatever makes you happy or what mm -hmm. your kind of definition of success and happiness is. Yeah. And it's obviously different from person to person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been really good. And again, that's just really carried through from, you know, my beginnings, kind of this and how my parents ran. My Both my parents had their own businesses eventually. So it's kind of this entrepreneurial spirit and doing really doing things on your terms. We're not good at, you know, following following instructions from other people in a in a more restricted environment let's say yeah i mean some people also work well under different you mm -hmm. know situations so if you're for working sure. for yourself there's different pressures and that kind of thing but when you're working for somebody else it's a different kind of mindset as well it is it is and people say well it's more uh, stability things like that but uh, in, from my experience, I don't think that's necessarily the case. You might think it's that it's more stable, but you know, I've seen people who've worked at companies for twenty something years told it's your last day when there's layoffs. So, you know, it's different things happen everywhere. You yeah, that happens a lot now. Also, with mm -hmm. companies closing down different yep. types of industries. Yeah, yeah, but you have to be comfortable. You know, not everybody's comfortable being on their own and not having that regular income or paycheck coming at a certain time all the time. Yeah, that's true. And the next question mm -hmm. may reflect on, you know, your previous um, work experience mm -hmm. and maybe your current entrepreneurial, you know, uh, map. So what is your greatest flaw that has become your greatest asset? Yeah, no, I, that was like actually a really good question because I was thinking about it and um, it does definitely relate to um, kind of a trait that I have that didn't necessarily work for me in a in-house full-time office environment, but has worked for me being on my own. And that's kind of, I was, whenever I worked at a company, at a department, people would always say, oh, you're so nice, which, you know, was good. They liked it, but... I was always the one if somebody came to me to help with something like a favor or a last minute request or they were late with something that they were supposed to get me earlier and they would be like, you know, we need this right away. I would always help out because that's my nature. You know, I would jump on it. I'd figure out I'd help them. But a lot of like my managers would say, you know, that takes you away from the work you're supposed to do or you're not supposed to. They'll get used to that or they're taking advantage of you. Um, but my thinking was always, well, we're all in this together. And maybe that was a little bit naive because maybe people were taking advantage of me. But that's just, you know, me. So in an office environment, I guess that was a little bit, I was a little bit of a pushover that way. But working on my own, 
that same uh, sort of willingness to help out, I feel like has worked in my favor because when a client comes to me and says, we have this last minute thing or uh, it's a fast turnaround, but it's last minute and we don't have the budget and I say, sure, I'll help you. I feel like that solidifies our relationship and that gives me a bigger and better project from the same client down the road, which has happened. So I think in a client vendor type of relationship that works in my favor, they don't see me as a pushover. They see me as somebody that can help them last minute or anything, you know, I'm there for them. But in an office environment, it doesn't necessarily work for you because it's a different type of structure. Yeah, that's true. So that that trait currently may help you win or get more mm-hmm. business. Definitely. Whereas in a corporate structure, there's a lot of politics and that yes. kind of thing. So that's exactly. just a different yes. environment, like you said. Absolutely. The politics plays much more into it in an office environment than it does. And there's still politics with dealing with clients, but it's a very, again, a very different type of relationship. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into the industry that you're in? Um, so, you know, I've been doing graphic design always uh, since I went to college. But um, and when I was young, I always liked art. You know, a lot of people like art. They don't think of it as a career. Always did creative things in grade school, junior high, high school. But uh, when I was in high school, I started taking Saturday classes at FIT. And that sort of really opened up my world because it was the first time I experienced a college that was an art college. And I was like, oh, I can go to school and get a college degree for something to do something creative. And I took a graphic design class and I was just like, oh, this is creative, but it's still kind of conceptual and there's a business element to it. And it's a little bit orderly, you know, so there's order, but there's creativity. It was like, for me, it was the perfect combination. Um, And I was like, wow, this is a great career and it's still art in, you know, my mind. So ironically, even though FIT was the school that kind of got me to that point, I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to Parsons. I wanted to stay in New York too. And, um, that's where I wound up going to school. I studied graphic design at Parsons. And people think like going to art school is easy, but it's not because you're constantly working. You're constantly coming up with ideas and then you have to create these things. And same thing right now in a professional world, you're always coming up with new ideas and then you have to materialize them. So I you know, I went to Parsons, studied graphic design and I couldn't wait to get out there and, you know, do it professionally. And that's what I've been doing. The industry, of course, has changed. I, you know, definitely got much more and more uh, more uh, using computers and the tech end and the digital part of it. I started out as a print designer, which I still do, but uh, do more and more digital design, websites, emails, banner ads, social, all of that stuff, video. Um, you know, the industry really has evolved or the field of graphic design, but which is exciting. It keeps changing. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing ever since. It's great. Yeah, I think like you said, that creative mindset also, not everybody has it or an eye for it. So, you know, being in a creative space, like a school that focuses on mm-hmm. creative and art, not everyone can do it or kind of adapt to it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And right now, because it's kind of a little bit more accessible, this field, um, it is offered 
again, as an educator also, because I've been teaching, uh, you can study it. If art school is not for you, uh, you can study graphic design or other, you know, field, uh, fields within the creative sort of realm um, at other schools, at schools that are more general colleges. And I actually teach at schools like that, that have a graphic design program within a more general type of school. So art school is just one avenue if you really want that focus and be surrounded by that environment. But you can get training, good training at other and more general schools as well. Yeah, that's good to know. And, and I think in general schools, people may not think they may want to go down that career mm-hmm. path, but mm-hmm. explore it and basically dive into it even more. Yeah, that's the thing. You just never know. Um, and you think you might go into one direction and then you start taking classes or just become aware of um, other things. You, yeah, you never know which path your career is going to take also. You just, you know... It's it's hard to predict. Plus with things changing too. And I keep telling my students, I'm like, I don't know what the graphic design field is going to be like in five years. I couldn't have predicted where I would be right now. You know, we didn't have the internet when I went to college. I could never predict web design as a field. We didn't have it. It wasn't a thing. So who knows what it's going to be, what new thing is going to be in five years. Yeah, that's true. So what piece of advice would you give in terms of the professional sense if you can give one thing um so you know it might be a little bit cliche but you know i I really think you do have to love what you do that's really my advice always because we're in the business of selling our work in a way our work our ideas and my belief is is that if you don't like what you're producing what you're doing it's harder to sell and it's harder to stand behind it there are people who can sell anything of course but you know in your day-to-day I think it's really good to you have to enjoy it that's what you do the most you spend most of your time doing your work so you have to enjoy it there's ups and downs but you have to enjoy it on the bigger scale and I tell my students again the same thing you know don't put up work they'll put up work sometimes and say oh and I really don't like it I said, listen, you can't put it up if you don't like it, because if I was a client, I'm going to pick that one, that one version that you're putting up that you don't like, and then you're stuck working on something that you don't like. So, um, you know, it's really important to like what you do. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think you get to a certain point in a certain age and have to make that like differentiation if you want to kind of chase money and that's all one good and be miserable or be happy and be, you know, content with whatever your income is. Yeah. And the money will come. It'll come. I feel you have to think, you have to believe that. Yeah. If you're good at your craft and obviously you do the right things, like you said, in terms of networking and being out there and putting your name out there and, you know, proving it through your work, then, you know, eventually it will happen. Yes. Yes. So what motivates you to succeed? Um, For me, what drew me always to design, one of the aspects that drew me to graphic design is the fact that I create something and it goes out there. It goes out into the world, whether it's in a digital space like a website or an email or um, packaging design that I did for a popcorn company. You know, it's out there in the world and other people are seeing it, which is really great. It gets... Uh, you know, uh, gets to be seen. 
And then also when I create something and the client's response when they really like it, you know, a little egotistical maybe, but just that creating something and somebody else liking it and it going out there to, for other people is just, that's what I really love about it. Of course, the, the flip side of that is that you create something and the client says, mm, not what we were hoping for. <laughs> that's always the bad thing. Um, but we kind of have to, that's the nature of the business and we put ourselves out there for the critique. But it's that positive part of it, um, which is, you know, great motivation. Yeah, and I think in terms of kind of uh, design, you, you're putting out like a piece of art basically that you live through. Mm -hmm. So when it's out there and you, you know, it's the, the work that you're happy with doing and the client's happy, mm -hmm. you're like kind of immortalized in that work. Yes, yeah. And like, especially I have to say some of my smaller clients, I get a little bit more of that satisfaction. I work with some people who are self, they're writers and they self-publish their books. I do a lot of book covers and this is like their passion project. They never have a lot of money and they're self-publishing and they now you can get your book self-published on Amazon and it's this one-on-one -on -one relationship and I make their story sort of come to life with, on a book cover and they love it. They love seeing it and it's just really, you know, it's great. Yeah, especially like you said, the smaller kind of businesses mm -hmm. or kind mm -hmm. of the solopreneurs when yes. they don't have a big budget when they get value out of something, I think. Yes. Not always, but majority of the time they'll appreciate it more and it'll go a longer way for it, them. That's for sure, yes. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Let people know where they can find you. Sure. So um, people can see my work and get in touch with me through my website and that's at ashablue.com which is a-s-y-a-b-l-u-e.com and also email uh, which is asha at ashablue.com a-s-y-a at a-s-y-a-b-l-u-e.com you know I'm always up for new projects love to meet new people hear what they're doing I love to hear people's stories everybody's involved in something different and interesting see how I can help and also teaching training you know I love to spread the design knowledge as well well it was a pleasure having you on thank you yes again. thank you so much this was great This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.